on today's show, is this Dallas Mavericks roster better than how they ended last season? I'll tell you everything that has to happen for them to be on today's Lockdown Mavs. I'm Luka Doncic, and this is Lockdown Mavericks. NBA champion. He hit it burn, burn. It's gone, and the Mavericks have won the game. If you don't believe, you shouldn't be here. Loyalty never fades away. Welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, media member and NBA channel manager for the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for being part of the show and making Locked On Mavs your first listen every day. Join the Raccoon Squad, be in every day, or subscribe and follow for free. Just search Locked On Mavericks wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube. And the best way you can help us grow the show is to listen every day and to comment anything below in the comment section or on Twitter. Let us know what has to happen for this Mavericks team as currently constructed to be better than last season, how they ended, which was missing everything. If you want to support the show, text us. Get text alerts for me and Isaac on Mavs rumors and more things. Ask us questions. Someone asked if there's, uh, some people were asking about my trip. Some people were asking about ways you can watch old games. Like anything you guys want to know, uh, let us know in the subtext. Click the link in the description below or text the number in the description. Isaac Harris out today. You're stuck with me today. We are getting into the Dallas Mavericks this season because listening to Mark Stein on Saturday on his show on the freak, which is really good. He does like a Saturday one hour kind of thing. Uh, he had Tyson Chandler on is really good stuff. There's a podcast for it as well. You can go listen to that if you want to, but listening to him, listening to some of the other newsmakers, I think this may be the, the Mavs roster barring some other kind of trade, a Pascal Siakam to the Hawks trade where they send Clint Capella, a, the Cavs were just baiting everybody and wanted to trade Jarrett Allen. The Mavs somehow get in on that. A trade where Harden goes to the Clippers and then the Mavericks get a couple players from the Clippers. Barring anything like that, where the Mavericks get in on one of those things, which none of those trades could even happen, first of all. But second of all, the Mavericks don't also have to get in on those. Barring one of those deals happening, this is going to be the Mavericks roster. And there have been rumblings, or at least, like not even rumblings. There have been legit reports that the Mavericks are fine with at least this center rotation going into next season. I just, I just, I felt tingles going up all the spines of the MFFLs out there that are just done with a Dwight Powell starting center spot for that. They're just, uh, that are just dreading that moment when Sean Heath calls and starting at center Dwight Powell, he's going to do it at this point. It's going to happen. He's going to start the season as a starting center. The Mavericks, roster could be what it is right now they may do one more they'll definitely do at least one more thing with JaVale they may just wave him they may stretch and wave him to allow him to go somewhere else because he's not part of their plans at this point so as outside of that they have also have one more open roster spot right now so if they get if they you know if JaVale leaves and then they have one more open roster spot, they could sign two more players but largely the roster is going to be what it is so are they better I think they I think they can be I think they can be easily actually <laughs> because of how bad last year was. And I think that there's a couple of things that have to happen. I'm going to go through all the players, or at least the notable players that they have to be better or they have to play differently, play more within themselves, play better in certain areas of their game. I'll talk about Luca. Talk about Kyrie. We'll talk about Grant Williams. Talk about Josh green, Rashawn Holmes, the two rookies as well. Derek lively and Omax. Oh, I got to do. Oh, man. 
Can't get over that drop. It's the Grinch, by the way. It's so great. Isaac sent it to me one day. He was like, we got to use this. I'm like, we do. That's correct. Let's start with Luka Doncic, though. It all rises and falls on Luka. It just does. You know, if you read any kind of leadership book, they're like, everything rises and falls on leadership. You take the blame. Look at the president. The president of the United States, whether it was Trump or Biden or whoever, gets blamed for the gas prices. <laughs> That's leadership, right? Like, that. it comes down to you. At the end of the day, Luka is the president, and the record is the gas price. Whether it was all his fault or not, it's going to get blamed on him. And that's why you have people out there calling out, well, Luca, Luca is a fraud, blah, blah, blah. No. He's just got to be better in certain areas. So the couple areas that I think that Luca has to be better, as someone that's watched every minute of his NBA career, he's got to be better in the clutch. And I think this comes down to his conditioning for the most part. But also, the Mavericks played so many more clutch games than they've played in the past. Last season, the Mavericks played 41. That's right. 41 clutch games. Last season. That means a game within the last five minutes, the, the, the score is within five points. So it comes down to the clutch. It's a close game. You're, you're edge of your seat. Everybody's playing that, that needs to play if you want to win the game. Now, they didn't want to win two of those games last year. But still, 41 games. The season before that and the season before that, they played 29 games each season. 29 clutch games. So they played so many more clutch games last season. 11 more clutch games last season than in the two seasons before that. Their record in those clutch games, 20 and 21 last season, under 500, not good. Lucas shot the ball, uh, not well, 19% from three. He actually hasn't ever really shot well from three in the clutch, but still, they lost more games than they won. Season before that, they played 29 clutch games. They were 21 and eight. Like, just, just listen to that difference. 21 and eight and 20 and 21. They were so much worse in clutch games last season. And that's, it comes down to Luca. It comes down to him making decisions, being in condition, playing good defense, all that. It comes down, it does come down to him because he's the one that it rises and falls on. You can say, well, the, you know, the supporting cast around it, it, it doesn't matter. This is an area where he has to be better than last season. He knows it. Everyone knows it. He's got to be better in the clutch. With, with 10 seconds left on the clock, score within three. Luka Doncic was 4-13 and 13 last year. Just didn't have the Luka magic that we've had in the past. Made four, missed nine shots with 10 seconds left, score within three. Luka also has to be better on defense. That's a, a huge thing this season. Coming down to his conditioning, his conditioning has to be better. He's got to be better on defense. And for defense, it's not even all about conditioning. It's about him just being locked in. There were times last season where he's looked around the court and said, well, if... If Christian Wood doesn't need to care and Jaden Hardy doesn't know what he's doing, then why do I need to care? I'm not, I'm at least not the worst one. I've been that person in class growing up in school. Let me just not be the worst one. Let me just not be the most egregious person that cheated. Let me just not be the most egregious person that mailed this, you know, homework assignment in. Let me just not be the most egregious person to uh, not pay attention in class, right? Or to text in class. Like, all right. I'll, I'll text in class. I'll do the through the hoodie thing where, you know, there's kind of like you're texting through uh, the pocket in your hoodie, but I'm not going to do it the whole class. I'll just do it just a little bit less than the person next to me so that they get caught and then I don't get caught. And I feel like that's what Luca was on defense last year. He's like, well, let me just not be the most egregious one on the court. There were times when he was for sure. His defense was, was not great last year. He's just got to be better. Luca on the court last year, the Mavericks defense was a, allowed 117 points 
per 100 possessions. That's bad. The only star that I found that's kind of comparable to Luka that was worse was Sabonis, 117.6. Jokic on the court for the Nuggets, 112.2. Booker on the court for the Suns, 115.4. He's just got the, they've just got to be better with him on defense. We know he can. We've seen him play better defense in the playoffs. We've seen him play better defense in regular seasons. There was There's a podcast. There's a podcast from this show where Isaac and I were going back and forth saying, is Luka an underrated defender? Talking about he could be a positive at that point. Last season was a far cry from that, though. We, we did not say that in, in any stretch last year. On Kyrie's side, first of all, he's just got to get on the same page as Luka. Because when you look at him and, and Luka and Kyrie together last season, they were 5-11 and 11 when those guys played together. That's just not good enough. It came down to a lot of clutch situations. We, we went through and... Game by game, Isaac and I were here after games, breaking down why they lost, why somebody didn't take the cl- the game-winning shot, why somebody passed it up, and, oh, Luka and Kyrie were playing hot potato with the ball because they didn't want to step on each other's toes. You know, came down to they were 5-11, and 11, just didn't get it done. When they were on the court together, though, they still had a 4.6 net, net rating, so they still outscored opponents by 4.5 points per 100 possessions. Still good. That's the same as... Fox and Sabonis last year, just a little bit less than Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo. Uh, They were at 5.2. Tatum and Brown were at 5.2. Like, they're right there. Giannis and Middleton, 5.8. LeBron and AD, 6.2. They're right there with some of these guys. They had the same, you know, they are, you know, really close to the same net rating as some of these other star duos in the league. But they've got to get on the same page when it comes to closing out games, late games, things like that. So they've got to get that straightened out for sure because it, it's just not going to work if they play fine for the whole game. They're trying to figure out their defense and all that. And then all of a sudden it comes down to the end and they just can't like they lose it at the last second. We've seen it happen so many times. Coming up, I'll tell you a couple more things Kyrie has to be better at. And then also let's get into Grant Williams. Let's get into Josh Green. What did they have to be better at? What do they have to do for the Mavericks to be better than they were last season? We'll talk about that coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about FanDuel. FanDuel Sportsbook is the number one sportsbook in America. They have you covered with all kinds of stuff. Take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets. 10 times. You can get that at FanDuel.com, FanDuelSportsbook.com. Again, you can go get uh, 200 that's 200 you could spend betting everything from the money line to the, to the over-under to who you think is going to get the first run, whatever. There's all kinds of fun stuff on there. Sign up today. Visit FanDuel.com slash on. Get up to $200 in bonus bets. Up to $200 in bonus bets that you can just bet on FanDuel.com slash on. If you go to FanDuel Sportsbook, there's all kinds of other stuff, not just baseball. They have player awards for MVP, Rookie of the Year. We talked about those on Lockdown NBA last week. They've got the in-season tournament already. What group is Dallas in? They're in group West Group B. Dallas is plus 330 to win their group. <laughs> the Nuggets are plus 150. Clippers are plus 230. Pelicans plus 500. Rockets plus 2,300. So if you want to bet that, you can go check it out. Again, FanDuel Sportsbook slash locked on.
Thanks, everybody, for hanging out with us on Lockdown Maps, being part of the show, being part of the Raccoon Squad, listening every day, being an everydayer. Appreciate each and every one of you. Again, subscribe to our subtext if you want to support the show, keep connected with us, and all that. On tomorrow's show, Isaac and I will be back talking more Dallas Mavericks, talking about what the Mavericks can do next season, and if this roster is it. Because I kind of think it is. And so, can this roster be better than they were last season? Talked about Luka earlier. Got to be better in the clutch. Got to be better on defense. Kyrie and Luka have to get on the same page. And Kyrie, I'm just going to focus on the court. He's got to help Luka push the tempo a little bit. We saw last season, almost immediately, that these two guys were just playing such different paces. Luka plays the slowest pace in the NBA. He's methodical. He takes his time. He... he like sizes up everybody on the court and he's going to go after your weakness and he's going to spam that weakness over and over and over again. But it's going to take a while for you to set it up, to set up the chess pieces for him to get going. He, ta- he, you know, slowest in the league. That's how the Mavericks went to the Western Conference Finals though. If you can play good enough defense and Luka can just like break you down, then it's going to work. But in the regular season, you've got to push a little bit. And everything does slow down in the playoffs. It, it does for every single team. So you've got to be able to play slow. Some teams can't play slow, and it's really hard for them. The Kings had a hard time. They played the Warriors, who play up a decent pace. And they even struggled against them a little bit because it's, it's slowed down for them. The Mavericks, <laughs> this is such a weird stat. The Mavericks played 11% of the time in transition with Luka Doncic on the court and Kyrie off the court. 11%. That's like... The fourth percentile. That's so low. With Kyrie on the court and Luka off, they played in transition 13% of the time. So not that much more, but still was more. He's got to help him push the tempo a little bit. They've got it. They've got to get going. They have some athletes now with Josh Green. They've got some athletes now with like Tim Hardaway Jr., Jaden Hardy, um, Omax, obviously, Rashawn Holmes, Dwight Powell even. They can get out and run a little bit. You've got to get he, Kyrie's got to get Luca to push the tempo a little bit, I think, and that's one area that they can take advantage of. Some they just miss out on so many easy baskets not doing that. The other thing Kyrie has to do is stay healthy. He missed seven out of his last of the you know that he was only available for twenty seven Mavs games last season when he got traded. He missed seven of those games. That's one subplot that not a lot of people are talking about when it comes to Luca and Kyrie. Oh, can can Luca and Kyrie work? Can they work together? There's only one ball. Okay, I'm not saying that about the Suns right now. There's only one ball, but there's also like there's also only 16 games the guys played together. <laughs> Cuz Luka missed games at the end of last season, Kyrie missed games at the end of the season. Kyrie's got to stay healthy. Seems obvious, but it just is true. For them to get on the same page, for them to work through some of these issues, he's got to stay healthy. Okay, let's move on to Grant Williams. Grant Williams I think has a pretty cl- it's it's maybe the most clear things he's got to do on this team. He's got to hit three-pointers consistently. Reggie Bullock, in his time with Dallas, his two years with Dallas, shot over five threes a bunch of times. He missed all those threes six times. There are six games when, when Reggie Bullock took five threes or six threes or seven threes or even eight threes, and he missed all of them. Grant Williams has never gone over five from three in a game. Like, you're just getting a, a, a higher baseline with Grant Williams shooting the ball than you did with Reggie Bullock. That's one area. The consistency that he shoots the ball is going to be better than what Bullock gave, at least from his career. His career numbers have been that way. When Grant Williams shoots five or more threes per game, he shoots 
scorching. That that is an insane forty four point eight. That's Seth Curry. That's Steph Curry. Both of them. <laughs> that's those percentages. When Reggie Bullock shot five or more threes a game in Dallas, he shot forty percent. Really good. Not forty four point eight. Tim Hardaway Jr. When he shoots five or more threes per game in Dallas the last two years, he shoots thirty seven point nine percent. Still really good. It's not forty four point eight. Maxi Kleba, when he shoots five or more threes per game, he shoots 37.8%. That's good. It's not 44.8. And Grant Williams shoots that. Just lights out. And he's going to have the best playmaker he's ever played with. Ever. His whole life. He's going to get the most wide open threes he's ever gotten. And he gets a lot because of the doubles for Tatum and the extra attention that go to some of the other playmakers for the Celtics. The three-point consistency has to be there for Grant Williams. He shot really well in every stage of the game in the NBA. And so I think that he will. And the consistency is going to be so refreshing compared to what we've seen with these streaky guys in Bullock, Tim Hardaway, Maxi, Dorian in the past, and others. He's also going to be able to, to drive to the rim. What's it going to be like to have guards in both Grant Williams and Josh Green to drive to the rim? And Omax. Like, I don't know if we're going to be able to handle it. Reggie Bullock. Last season, in the regular season, played 78 games. He drove the ball 31 times. Last season, Grant Williams, 79 games, just about the same amount. Drove it 193 times. Reggie Bullock, 31 drives. Grant Williams, 193 drives. It's just going to be different. They're just going to be able to put more pressure on defenses because with Reggie Bullock, all you had to do was defend the three. And he ran around the three, and Luka obviously found him on tons of open threes. He took, I think, the second most open threes in the NBA last year behind Dorian Finney-Smith. He just, he got, Luka can just create those shots. But if someone closes out on him, it was, that was it. Bullock would maybe, now he wouldn't even attack the closeout. He would dribble, maybe he would pull up from two, or he would just pass out of it. Grant Williams, 193 drives in 79 games. That's going to be, and he shot 63% in the paint on 146 shots in the paint. Reggie Bullock only took 51 shots in, the, in, the, in like the restricted area, paint area. That's going to be a big difference. And I think that's one area Grant Williams can bring that'll help. The other thing with Grant Williams, he guards bigger guys. Think about the Mavericks last year. Who guarded LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Jason Tatum, Giannis, those guys. I'll tell you who guarded those because I looked at the matchup data. This is who guarded LeBron on the Mavericks last year. Tim Hardaway Jr. guarded LeBron 77 possessions. That's the most, and that's a lot of possessions. Luka Doncic guarded LeBron 31 possessions. Bullock, 30 possessions. Dwight Powell, 24 possessions. Christian Wood, 24 possessions. That's a decent amount of possessions that'll be going to Grant Williams now. Who guarded Kevin Durant? Bullock guarded him 44 possessions. Josh Green, 33 possessions. That's the most on the team last year. Who guarded Jason Tatum? Reggie Bullock, 35 possessions. Tim Hardaway Jr., 24 possessions. Grant Williams has already told Jason Tatum, I got you on lock. You're not going to go left, and I'm going to be physical with you. <laughs> he said that to Jason Tatum. <laughs> Who guarded Giannis the most last year? Maxi, 30 possessions. Luca, 14 possessions. The second most on the team guarding Giannis. It's not going to happen anymore. Who guarded Lowry Markkinen? Tim Hardaway Jr., 43 possessions guarding Lowry Markkinen last year. The most on the team. Reggie Bullock, 42. Josh Green, 33 possessions on Lowry Markkinen. Who guarded Julius Randle? 
Dwight Powell, 41 possessions. Tim Hardaway Jr., 33 possessions. To go from those to Grant Williams, here's who Grant Williams guarded the most last season. Joel Embiid, 98 possessions. He's really good at Embiid. P.J. Washington, 64 possessions. Julius Randle, 59 possessions. Nick Claxton, 59 possessions. Jokic, in two games, 56 possessions. Anthony Davis, 46 possessions. Giannis, 41 possessions. That's who Grant Williams guarded in the regular season last year. He guards bigger guys. The Celtics were comfortable putting him on bigger guys, even centers, even Embiid, Jokic, AD, Giannis. He put him on those guys, and the Mavericks have needed that guy a lot, and they didn't have it last year, and now they do. Coming up, let's talk about what Josh Green has to do for this Mavericks team to be better, because I think there's one thing that he has to really do. Let's talk about Rashawn Holmes and then the rookies as well as we close out here on Lockdown Maps. All right, Isaac, thanks everybody for hanging out with us on Lockdown Mavs. Let's get into what Josh Green needs to do for this Mavericks team to be better than it was last season. Number one, he has to leave no doubt. No doubt. There has to be no doubt that you say, all right, we're starting the year with Josh Green as our three. There can't be a, you know what? Tim might be better. You know what? Maybe we're better with Grant Williams at the three and Maxie at the four. You know, maybe... Like, Omax is really making a, a case for himself. Maybe we should go Seth Curry and just go with, like, a ton of shooting. Maybe Jaden Hardy and we'll just go with a ton of shooting. There has to be no doubt. There has to be no doubt that Josh Green is the starter, that Josh Green is the three, that Josh Green is the guy that you want. There has to be, He has to leave no doubt. Take another leap. Get better at everything that he got better at last season. We know he's working. He was there, he was there in Vegas. He works out in Vegas with impact. We saw him out there at Summer League. He was, you know, around. He's working. Last year, he jumped from 15 and a half minutes a game to 25 and a half minutes a game. Now he has to take kind of a harder leap to go from fringe rotation player to actual guaranteed rotation player. That's what he did last year. Now he has to go from, you know, rotation player to starter. Like you have to, you have to make that next leap, the 25 minutes a game to 30 minutes a game. That's a big leap because a coach has to trust you. And you gotta make it worth it. <laughs> you gotta you gotta have a provable skill out there. The reason why Dwight Powell keeps coming back and starting is because he has got a provable skill, and the Mavericks are better when he's on the court. That's gotta be the case for Josh Green. The thing with Josh Green now is there's an opening. Bullock is gone. Dorian's gone. No more bang bros. Here's who Bullock defended the most last season. Damian Lillard, 111 possessions. Desmond Bain, 70 possessions. Booker, 70 possessions. Donovan Mitchell, 69 possessions. I heard that. Anthony uh, Anthony Edwards, 67 possessions. Steph Curry, 64 possessions. These are the players now that Josh Green has to defend. And if you look in the playoffs, who did Bullock defend most in the playoffs the year before last? Curry, Booker, Chris Paul, Clarkson, Conley. Those are the guys that Bullock defended the most in those playoffs. Those assignments now all go to Josh Green, and he's got to really take advantage of those. And I think he can. I think he can step up in it. Shot 40% from three last year. He's got to continue to hit, knock down those shots. His passing still has to be really good. He's still got to be the oil that makes this offense work. And I'm really excited for that for him. But it's the defense, really, that has to really, he has to really take a step forward. He's got to defend all the guys that Reggie Bullock used to defend. That's Josh Green. Leave no doubt. Defend all these guys. Take a step forward defensively. Rashawn Holmes. Kind of the sneaky one. 
Rashawn Holmes is a sneaky one for this. How can the Mavericks be better this season than they were last season? Rashawn Holmes emerges. Rashawn Holmes told Nico Harrison, I've been in jail the last two years. I'm ready to be broken out. (laughs) Talking about Sacramento. He was not part of Mike Brown's plans in Sacramento at all. He went from starting pretty much every game, 2020-2021 season. He started all 61 games, played 29 minutes a game. Next season after that, played about 23 minutes a game, started 37 of them. And then all of a sudden, Mike Brown took took control and he played eight minutes a game. (laughs) Went from 30 minutes to 23 minutes to eight minutes a game. He just was not part of their plans for whatever reason. They just didn't want to run that offense. They wanted Sabonis at the five for so many different reasons. They didn't want Rashawn Holmes as part of it. Now with the Mavericks, he's in a much better spot for him. I don't know what to I don't know what to make of him on the Mavericks, but I do know what the how the Mavericks can make him like stand out. He's playing with a pick and roll guard in Luca and in Kyrie and with Kyrie. He's going to look a lot better. He's ready, he's he's very motivated. And he's got a shot to be the starter. Absolutely. The one question I really have is defensively. He's never really been Known for his defense, he's a little under. He's the same height as Dwight Powell. Basically, he's he's undersized for as a five. Both uh, he's 6'10", 235. Derek Lively is seven one two thirty five. Like he has, he's basically the same size as a rookie. And so defensively, the the Kings also were when he played, not this past season, the season before that. They averaged 115 points allowed per 100 possessions. That would have been like the 26th defense in the league when Rashawn Holmes was on the court. Year before that, 115.7. That's about 26th in the league. So they were bottom five defense with Rashawn Holmes on the court the two years that he played a ton. The year before that, though, the 2019-2020 season, when Rashawn Holmes was on the court, they were the 16th ranked defense. So that's average. If he can play some average defense... The Mavericks will take that. <laughs> it, was, it was so bad defensively at center last year that they'll take that. So Rashawn Holmes. And I'll say, I'll just, I will say with Rashawn Holmes, though, in those three seasons that I mentioned, it's not all on him. The defense, their whole team defense is not on him. He was on the court during all those numbers that I just mentioned, but it's not all on him. When he was on the court, they were 1.1 possession uh, points per 100 possessions better, 3.6 points per 100 possessions better, and 1.7 points per 100 possessions better on defense. So their defense was better the three years he played a lot for the Kings when he was on the court. Take that as you will. And I'm very curious to see. He'll he'll fit in the Mavericks' defense, by the way. What the Mavericks want to do, they're rotating, switching, guys moving around, guarding out in space. He can do that kind of stuff. We wanted him on the Mavericks for a long time. We kept saying, well, they're not really using him that much. Let's just bring him over here. And now they did. <laughs> and well, the only thing that really scared me off was that Mike Brown didn't look to him at all in the playoffs. He played zero minutes in the playoffs. Maybe he was just like checked out by then and Mike Brown didn't think they can trust him. But the Kings went to, a, they tried a couple guys in the, in the playoffs on, on defense. They went and they tried Alex Len for seven games. They tried, uh, I guess Trey Lyles was part of it. Like they, they had guys that were out there. They tried them at center, but. That's what Deshaun Holmes got to do. Let's talk about the rookies. Uh, th- let's talk about the end of the bench first. I said this the other day on Twitter. The Mavericks rotation went basically from Reggie Bullock to Grant Williams. That's like the one thing that they changed. 
Their end of the bench, though, is a lot better. You look at the Christian Woodroll, now goes to Rashawn Holmes. At, at Let's see. <laughs> let's see if that's better. Christian Wood was amazing on offense, awful on defense. Maybe Rashawn Holmes will be good on like good on on offense and average on defense. We'll we'll see. That that could be a wash. That's not a clear winner there yet. But you go from Davis Bertans to Derek Lively, huge upgrade defensively. You go from Justin Holiday to Omax. That's a big upgrade, just size wise. Go from Theo Pinson to Seth Curry. That's a huge upgrade. Go from Frank Nilakina to Dante Exum. I think that's an upgrade just by size and uh, his experience in the NBA in the past. Dante Exum was better in the NBA than Frank Nilakina has been in the NBA. And then Dante Exum went overseas and his three-point shot is a lot better. We'll see if Dante Exum gets any rotation minutes with the Mavericks, but I think that spot is at least an upgrade. I think it's safe to say Dante Exum was a better defender in the NBA than Frank Nilakina was in the NBA. I'd have to ask a very specific set of people <laughs> if that's the case. Who would know that? Who's a person that would know that? I, I'm, I, I think I'm safe to say that he would be. That's my take on it. He's at least bigger. He's a bigger body. He's 6'6". He's definitely, definitely stronger. He's a higher draft pick. You can see why. And so the end of the bench is definitely better. I mean, just a, a lot better than it was last season. Now let's talk about the rookies. It's quick. It's quick on them. There's a couple of case studies for these guys. For Derek Lively, just be Steven Adams in his rookie year. Steven Adams played with the Westbrook and KD. They won 59 games. He was backing up Kendrick Perkins when Kendrick Perkins was still playing in the NBA. Steven Adams averaged about 15 minutes a game. Started 20 of the 81 games, probably because of injury. He averaged three points, four rebounds, and two and a half fouls per game. Which, in, in you know, per 36, that's... Six fouls a game. So if he played the whole game, he would have fouled out. I think that's probably what Derek Lively would do too. It's going to take some time for him to adjust to the to the NBA game. He could also be Jakob Pertl. Jakob Pertl in his rookie year. He was the ninth pick in the draft. He was, you know, drafted on a playoff team. He played about 12 minutes a game, started four out of his 54 games, averaged three points, three rebounds, and two fouls a game. <laughs> Six and a half fouls per 36 minutes. He's going to foul. All rookie centers do. That's why we've been pushing back on everybody, that he's going to foul. And so can he just be those guys? Just make an impact. Because that even is better than what the Mavericks had last year. If he can just give them that, that's better what they got from JaVale McGee. He's got he's quicker foot speed. Somehow bigger than JaVale McGee. JaVale McGee is like the longest, tallest guy you could, you've ever seen. But he, he at least has that. Better, hopefully better in the pick and roll. Springier, for sure, just because he's younger. With Omax, can he give Josh Green competition? I know I just said for Josh Green, he's got to leave no doubt. He's got to be the starter. Can Omax make him sweat, though? If Omax can make Josh Green sweat as far as his starting spot, as far as some, some rotation minutes, if he can do that, that'll make this team better overall. And I think Omax can do it. He's a little bit better. He's, he's definitely he's bigger than Josh Green. Longer wingspan. He's coming in with a uh, he's coming in with a more confident three point shot than what Josh Green had his first year. Remember Josh Green in the playoffs that first year, Rudy Rudy Gobert was just letting him go in the corner. Does that happen to Omax? We'll see. There's a lot of case studies for Omax too. Can he just be Keegan Murray? Can he go out there be Keegan Murray? Keegan Murray averaged 27 minutes a game for a playoff team last year. 
started all seven started all seven games they played in the playoffs. Keegan Murray in the regular season averaged like 30 minutes a game. There's case studies. There's guys out there. There's wings that have done this, that have come into the NBA as a rookie and have been really good. Now, Keegan Murray was 22. He had, you know, he played a little bit longer. So we'll, we'll see what happens with that. But there, there's guys out there that you can compare Omax to and say he can make an impact day one. And I think he made his case in summer league and we'll see in training camp. We'll see in the preseason. There you go. In the comment section, let me know what has to happen for the Mavericks team to be better than they were last year. Appreciate everybody hanging out with us tomorrow. Isaac and I will be back talking more Mavericks. Is this going to be the roster? We'll talk about that tomorrow. Thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Mavs. Peace out. Boom.